thought I was going to become a CPA, but I don't want to become this person that I see that I'm working for. And there are amazing firms out there. Yeah, yeah. She's um, only 27. Um, I said, don't let what you see in front of you keep you from being the change that you know you can do. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode. I think we're into the 70s, actually, in terms of our episode count. Number 70-something of Strategy and the Virtual Controller. I am one of the co-hosts of the podcast, Damien Greathead. I'm sitting in Sydney, Australia. My co-host, Penny Breslin, sitting in San Diego, California. Penny, how are you today? Okay. I left Wyoming, where it was minus 47 a couple of weeks ago, and now I'm in Southern California where it doesn't rain, but it does pour. So but I'm actually does, living you know, in the ocean. Well, you haven't been saying flooding. Yeah. yeah um, well, oh, yeah. I went from Wyoming, minus 47, came over to San Diego, pouring, flooding rain, shutting down interstates, cliff falling down, the whole nine yards. The surf area that we surf at, totally fenced off. Surfers tried to jump over the fence. They built a bigger fence, you know. <laughs> just And then- I went to Tucson where they were just getting over the flooding that had come from San Diego to Tucson, see my granddaughter. And now I'm back and I'm living in Lake Lucadia. I just went out to run an errand. Yeah. And they're going to shut down the road in front of my house here because of flooding. Wow. Okay. Well, send care packages to to, to Penny. <laughs> oh, no. It's actually kind of nice. My dog hates it because he hates, he's afraid of, he's a sheep dog. He's an Australian shepherd, mixed Sheltie. And he's afraid of sheep and he's afraid of water. So. And afraid of rain. <laughs> <laughs> he's a great big reason why you have to have a bundle of joy. Because yes. <laughs> he's not worth it. And Penny, it's the 1st of February today that we're recording. This all this podcast will probably go live in the next three, four, five days. How's the office in terms of tax season ramping up, et cetera? What's the latest on that before we get yeah. into yeah, episode. we're just finishing up all the 1099s and had a meeting last night and the tax team is starting to get corporates. They were getting a few anyways already. Yep. They had been getting some from a well run that just, man, I'll tell you. Have their act together? They have their shit together. And the quarterback that passes that football off to us, he's on top of everything. And But they have 10 seats with us and we've been working with them for quite yep. a few years. But the other ones are starting to come in. Last night, they just started getting them. The corporates are happening. And away we go. Another, another we go. So a little extra time for the bookkeepers now because they've cleaned up and, and closed out a lot of the books already. That stand-up meeting is getting a different emphasis. It's more tax stuff. But they decided to change up the stand-up meeting. And I oh, got to right. see, what. yeah, I, well, I'm going to make them go back. I And part of it is what we were discussing before is that they started yesterday, two days ago, pulling team leaders in one at a time rather than in a group. And I had a reason I wanted the team leaders in there in a group because their problems, their issues, and their tasks are the same. They, the individual nuances of every client and maybe the apps that they're using might be different, but their goals and the issues that they have with obtaining those goals tend to be the same. And they can share that holistic look of things a little bit better. If the team leaders, you might be sitting there going, why am I listening to the problems with this team? I should get out with my own team. 
Well, open your ears because you might be hearing something that you need to take care of on your team too. That will come your way in the next couple of weeks or alternatively that actually you might have experienced something you, recently. You'll recognize, oh my God. Oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. have that problem too. And you might find that the 10 of you together could come up with a solution better than one-on-one. Yeah, interesting. And so folks, if you haven't heard that last episode, we talked about sort of some of the OPMEX coming into tax season and this idea of a, a daily stand-up. Quite often when we come to busy season, meetings are the first things to go. Like, do we really need to meet every day? But actually the whole purpose of this was to is to share, to strategize together and then move on with your day and, and for everyone to be crystal clear on exactly what the day's priorities are. And if somebody's priorities have shifted, or if somebody's out of office, for example, the team can reallocate appropriately so that the firm delivers on the day's priority. So go back and have a listen to that. And actually, it's sort of an interesting one. My guess is this: the as we sort of segue to today's episode where we're talking about symptoms versus causes and getting to the root cause of problems, something I've noticed this week with myself and last week in, in our teams, we very quickly go into solution mode. We very quickly go, whereas I think, Penny, before we sort of started the the recording of the episode, we were talking about your grandchild and and who's four weeks old, why it's four months old, coming up to four months old and share that experience. Cause I think hopefully listeners will be like, oh shit, the same things actually happened with my family or alternatively it's happening in my well, business. It, yeah. It's uh, the baby was having problems gaining weight. In fact, she was losing weight in the first two weeks drastically due to inability to keep her, the food down. And my daughter had done quite a few things to help it. And I asked her, I said, one day, I said, what are you eating? She goes, well, the same with Ember. I'm eating anything I want. And I, she goes, she really was bad last night. I said, what'd you have last night? She goes, pepperoni and meatball and sausage slice of pizza. And I went, Jim, think about that. And she goes, but I could eat that with Ember. And I said, this is a different baby. I said, I could eat anything with you, but with your brother, I could only eat oatmeal and butter noodles. Because <laughs> otherwise, I was going to have a crying, screaming, throw up baby. So it is she, interesting. It's that third party looking in because you arrived, you ha- hadn't spent a lot of time, like one-on-one time, but you're in San Diego, they're in um, Arizona. And so very much this idea of this third party looking in to be like, hey, have you thought about this? Yeah. Well, I was when I got to the house, it was a four-year-old, a four-week-old going on five weeks, two parents in the house, one who's working because he works remotely. So one section of the house is all his office. And just day-to-day life, there's a dog just and just normal stuff. And the baby was not calm, constantly cranky, constantly crying, constantly feeding. The doctors had told my daughter to constantly feed her because they wanted to get her milk production up because the baby wasn't eating long enough times. And then the next day that I was there, my other granddaughter, the four-year-old, went to daycare. And the house was quieter and calmer. I mentioned to Maggie, I went, wow, she's doing pretty well today. And Maggie goes, yeah, let's not jinx it. Let's just hope it stays the same. (laughs) And then the next, the following day, the older one's home from daycare. And dad comes in and out of his office. He comes in every time he comes through the house. He, hey, how's everything going? He's very loud. He's very boisterous kind of guy. And how the baby's doing, gives everybody a hug and a kiss and all that. Yeah. And Amber's jumping around and the baby's agitated, crying, yeah. pukey. And I, 
And on the next day, I go, Amber's gone again to daycare. And I go, did you notice that on the days that Amber's at daycare, have you noticed that things are just a little bit easier? She goes, well, yeah, there's one less kid. I said, it's also quieter and calmer around here. I said, and so her husband can't come out. And I said, have you noticed, you guys, you talk really loud. I was holding the baby and she was asleep on my shoulder. Hey, Penny, how you doing? And the baby went, oh, and she's very long. Yeah. You know? I mean, not like Amber. Amber was tiny. This kid is as long as my son was, 22 and a half inches. So it was very long, long fingers, long. And they go, where did this come from? And I go, well, my father's side of the family's a lot mm. like that. And it's she's very agitated and stuff. And I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I said, guys, you guys are very, this is an intense, active household. And I don't know if this kid deals with that really well. Is ready for, is ready for that, yeah. And my daughter goes, it's well, she's going to have to get used to it. I said, <laughs> she's only four weeks old. <laughs> give, her, give her a couple of weeks, Grace. <laughs> but then she brought out a product she had, was going to use with her first daughter, but her first daughter didn't need it. And it was called a nesting bee. And I have never seen anything like that. She goes, I wasn't going to, I thought maybe I was going to try this a little later when she was a little bit bigger because she's, she's long and thin. <laughs> she's very narrow shoulders and t- she goes, but maybe I should try it. And it was like night and day. Mm. Oh my God. The little swaddling thing they had in it and the cl- and the weighted cushion. And it was the first night they got a decent night's sleep where she only had to wake up once to feed her instead of five or six times. Because the baby was waking itself up because it was constantly moving. He wouldn't stay swaddled, just like her brother wouldn't because he was too long to fit in anything. And I sometimes you have to have somebody else look at something, not because, she, and she was searching. She was searching for everything. And she was talking and getting help from everybody. But sometimes it's just you're in the middle of it and you can't see this. And it's certainly not. The kid's still going to throw up. She's still going to, there are other issues they're going to have to deal with on that but at least she's sleeping better. Yep. And because she was sleeping better, she was nursing better yep. and longer in between. And, and it was just, it's not that I know any differently. I think anybody else who would have walked in there and spent three days like that, I didn't end up spending long, but on the first three days, just sitting back and watching and going, hey, what's different about this today? Mm-hmm. So no great knowledge base there, just being the person who had the time and the ability to be able to sit back for a minute and not be in the middle of it. Like she and her husband were constantly in the middle of it, worrying about what to do. And Googling and getting served oh, up. Oh, yeah. This and getting lots of, yeah. and going to the doctor and, and doing this and, and that. And I always referring back to the delivery was a very difficult event and everything. So sometimes it's just, I didn't have all of that four weeks ahead of time to look at. I could only just see what I saw right there. But also I think, well, my previous experience was Amber didn't have any problems if I had a meat lover's pizza. There weren't any problems. You apply it to a, a, an account, a business. Well, that's the way we've always done it. That's the way we did it last time and there weren't any problems. I'm like, well. Some things have changed. So what in your business has changed? Maybe <laughs> your client, your product, your the processes that you're using, a new employee, just putting like, Putting that extra infant in that family will change the dynamic. You know that. You've, you're dealing with it. Yeah, that. yeah, no, we're, we're, we're uh, he's four, four months in. And actually, we're, we're four months in and we're starting to get into a routine. So it that takes that to get into And you question everything. And and sometimes it, it is somebody 
somebody that you trust and whatnot coming in and having a look at things and to be like, oh, what about that? And as long as you're in a position to to receive that sort of a message and hear that, then it's quite powerful. And, and I think, as I was sort of saying earlier, as we were introducing this episode, in my team, in my office, we go straight into solution mode. We say, oh, there's a problem. Let's fix it. Let's try and solve Dealing that. with the symptoms yeah. rather than the cause. Yeah. yeah. And actually... That symptom or that that particular problem, once you sort of take a step back and look out and, and look, take that step out, or someone else has a look at it for you, they they can ask that question to be like, hey, but it, it feels like the input over here is is that right? Are we looking at the right thing? And what's the knock-on effect of it? So I, I think it, it is very much this symptoms versus causes. And you, and quite often, particularly when you're looking at okay, what's the problem? Let's fix that problem there. Nine times out of 10, you, you might put a sort of a, a band-aid over the top of it, but ultimately it still unravels in the fullness of time if you don't actually take that step back to have a look at those, to have a look at the bigger picture. Yeah. And that is sometimes difficult to do. And it's going to be very difficult for a lot of people to do right now in accounting who are dealing with a combination of bookkeeping tax audit attacks or anything, because you got a lot of compliance stuff going on, got a lot of deadlines happening. But I find that if we don't take the time, and that's what our stand-up meetings are for. And that was something that when I was in India, I wanted to make sure that they understood because I felt like in the stand-up meetings, what I was getting was just take, let's just take care of today's symptoms. And Vidya was getting very happy with the fact that she could get through the meeting so quickly. And I said, this isn't about that. And this isn't about- The 30-minute meeting has become a 10-minute meeting. So we're more efficient. We're back back to billable. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And for us, it's not billable. For them, it's just like we have tasks in front of us. And it's like, you can get out there and do those tasks, but if you're not doing them correctly, what the fuck good is it? Excuse me. But really, ladies- and actually, my boss, she sort of said to me, is like, Damien, what do we need to do to essentially clear the calendars for one week to get rid of all of the shit meetings and all of that type of stuff? What are the real things we've got to make sure we deliver next week? And let's get rid of everything else so that we can focus all of our attention and energy on really understanding this problem and solving this problem in a very short, focused sprint like a sprint of, of, of it rather than trying to chip away at it over a period of sort of three, four, five months. Why don't we just really clear the calendars, get everyone focused on it and see if we can come up with a solution, a solve in five working days, 10 working days, rather than s- spreading this solve out over over 12 weeks. And it was, it, it was sort of just, again, an interesting way of thinking and to be like, oh shit, can we do that? And she was like, of course you can do whatever you want. If that solving this problem now and if treating- it's an important enough problem. Yeah. Treating the causes, yeah, and, and looking at those causes of the problem. Because if you just cover up the symptoms, they've got to come back. And, and it'll all unravel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then the other thing that happens is, and this happened again, like we kind of delved into that while I was in India and then Megan, who stayed, she pushed, added more to it. Yep. And things are getting better. Our reports, our stand-up reports are getting a lot more detailed. And also I made them also Zoom record them so I could watch them. And I'm going, yay, this is so much better. And yes, listen to all this information coming back mm-hmm. and forth. And like Tavita said, said when you asked her, she said, hearing from other team leaders is helping me discover what I need to do better. Yeah. And, yeah. Or how I could do things differently or making her feel like, oh, I'm not alone in this. Two days ago, we noticed watching the Zooms that 
they've changed it up and they're bringing them in one at a time now. And I'm going, okay, all right. <laughs> I really like you to take your own initiative, but you just missed the boat on this one because it's that sharing that allows them the to say- it was, was the reasoning because we, we turned a 20-minute meeting into a seven-minute meeting? Or- the meetings, although they got better, they only got 10 minutes longer. Mm. But no, I have to find out. They've been busy with 1099s and every night and morning we've been having meetings with clients. So I haven't been able to talk to them privately and ask them what was their reasoning for doing this. So before I tell them, hey, what happened to the whole team leader? I'm going to find out why the hell you, what was your reasoning for doing this? Yeah, yeah. It could be that because of the 1099s and the year-end closes we were doing that there was just so much work on the table that they couldn't, they had to do that. I don't know. There could be a multitude of reasons why for two days they didn't do it that way. But I'm mm. not going to jump on their shit till I find out what they're reasoning. But also, and then I might find out, I don't need to jump on this shit. They did the right thing. And they'll go back to the other way. But also importantly, it was identified early. Yes. And, and sort of identified early and sort of flagged early. Whereas again, in tax season, if you, if you don't have that sort of ability to step back, not to say that this is a mistake or whatever, but that same mistake can happen two, three, four weeks across five, 10, 15 clients because we don't have the time to actually take that step back and be like, oh, hang on, I've seen it once, I need to fix it now rather than letting everything continue to go. So I, th- I think that's the other side of things is when you do see a symptom, you can't let that symptom fly or, or, or solve that individual symptom on, on that one particular client. You've got to take that step back to be like, okay, hang on, I've seen a mistake here. How do I stop it from happening for the next 15, 20, 30 clients that uh, well, the team's working on? Also in larger firms, I think what I've seen happen is that the mistake happens with this client and this team knows about it and we solved it with them. But the same mistakes happening over here with this other team. And so if you're not communicating that across the board. So I ran into it just like last night, two nights ago, a CPA who we asked to do a tax return for an individual client that we had here in California. I I sent her an email. I just said, hey, Beth, we're going to be closing out these four clients of yours that they're my clients, but you're doing the tax return on. And what do you need from me and my team to allow you to do the tax return better and or quicker or more efficiently, whatever. And she sent me back several items that she would like to have done. Well, oh, perfectly fine. Cool. So I knew they were busy with 1099s and I could walk down the street and talk to the client. And so before I did, I thought I would just go in and check the books and I just started going ballistic. And, and it was like, really? Come on. Why would you put that in uncategorized? We have four clients that live that have offices or businesses on the 101. They all flip and eat at the same restaurants. Why did that go into uncategorized? And it's like, and there were a couple others where if they just Googled them, and yet we had that rule to do it, right? And why was it not done for that client? And I got an email response from the team leader. Oh, Penny, I'm so sorry. We won't let that happen again. And I'm going to go back to her and go, that's not good enough. That's not an answer. <laughs> that's not an answer. And that's not a solution. Yeah, that's not I the want to know letter. why you think it happened. Yeah. Now, I have an idea of why it happened, but mm-hmm. I want to know from her what she thinks. Yeah. And then we can discuss it because, yeah, in three of them, the client 
actually said, oh my God, I didn't tell you that. Oh, no wonder they were confused. Oh my God. Yeah, of course. I mean, three of them were definitely where the client went. Yeah. I didn't let you know that at all. There were just two items, but it was enough for me to go, whoa, they should never have happened in the first Mm. place. And there are contingencies in place for this. So why weren't they utilized? And telling me it won't happen again is not an answer. Yeah. You have to tell me why they weren't utilized. Was it the person? Was it the team leader? Was it just, I was in a hurry? That kind of thing. I I mean, I need to know why. Yeah. And I think that's, that. again, you run a very tight ship in terms of process and and tasks. And we still screw up every single day, like everybody else. Nothing's perfect. Yeah, absolutely, but but I think as well, you you've got a very again because of the type of business that you run, as in you your that outsourced operation, you're very task flow, you're very task workflow oriented, far more than in your own processes, far more than many accounting firms, and it, it it's just that same thing of it, it's very easy to fix that one symptom fix that one mistake just to keep the work moving. Yeah. Just to keep that client- And then forget to go back and say, hey, where does this occur anywhere else? And and I guess that would be one of the topics in the the daily standup. I noticed this happened here. Can we please make sure that the systems are right, the training's right, people are following, and it, it, it's flagged there, and, the, and then the entire team hears it. It's not, again, it's not just this one-on-one conversation with this one person that, right. that there was a particular issue. It's the entire team hears about it. The entire team is reminded about it and understands it and, and is responsible for resolving it across the business, not just that one individual. And I think that's why they're going to the one-on-one again, because there are, at this time of year, more issues come up and they don't want a typical of their culture. They want to keep it on the QT individual yeah. with each leader. Well, that's nice, but that is not supportive of what we're trying to accomplish here. So yeah. You're going to just have to put your girl, big girl panties on and deal with the fact that, hey, I got to fix a problem and that not spoken, just cover up a symptom. We, we've spoken a lot about that over different episodes about building that culture of trust. And it, it is it is a very cultural thing in, in terms of the business culture. I mean, for somebody to put their hand up to say, yeah, I screwed up. I tried to close. I tried to get it done quickly before I got out and, and get out for the day. I missed that. So it, it is a quite cultural thing to develop that trust to say, yeah, I screwed up. We're very quick to to flag when the bots screw up <laughs> and we're very quick to jump up and down when the bots screw up. But it, it does take a really a really great culture to, to be able to put your hand up and say in front of other people, we screwed up, the buck stops with me and we're going to fix it. And I would really encourage, again, that there, there I've gone into some firms where there is that great culture of personal accountability, trust, and everyone makes a mistake. It's when you sort of make the mistake two and three times that we realize something's wrong. Well, yeah, and, and, and for us, we have to figure out who made the mistake. Yeah, and was it us? Was it was it the client firm, or was it the client firm's client? Mm-hmm. Because we you've got, and I see this even with non-outsourced companies. It's like, oh, this bookkeeper did such a horrible job. We just got these books from this customer, and they did a horrible job. And I go before you start getting angry at the prior bookkeeper and thinking that you're all this. Why don't you run an audit trail and see who actually did the work? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of times we'll see the client come in and they've gone in and changed things. And it's and of course, it seems like we did it. Or in the case of somebody who would say, we took over the bookstore and now the 
bookkeeping company and they just did a horrible job. Did they do the work? Did they really? Or is, or is it a horrible job? I mean, is it was it a horrible job or was it just- Or a was just not the way you would have done it. different to the way you do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. don't, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of opportunity. There's not enough, enough opportunity of time uh, for this. And this is where the billable hourly rate issue comes into play. I got a call from a crying account manager while I was in Arizona and I had to step out of the uh, house and just like, talk her down. And she goes, he came in and he's like, what's the bill? What's the hours on this? And I don't know what's going on. And where's everything going? And I go, what do you mean he doesn't know where anything's going on? You guys use a workflow. She goes, oh yeah, but he never logs into that. I said, so he's worried about the time and he's worried about your billable time, but he was willing to take an hour out of your day to have you explain to him something he could have easily looked up on the workflow, and you just took a goddamn hour out of my day? Yeah. The knock-on effect of that is it's nuts, isn't it? I said, he does that again. You tell him, call Penny. And and she'll train you on how to access that workflow. Exactly. The dashboard <laughs> that tells you, this is where it's worked on. This is what's been done. This is what's in progress. And this is what's still to come. Yeah. And so I mean, like, you pay for it. Why not use it? Oh, my. Uh, yeah. I know. It's, it's such a good point, is it? That the whole purpose of these workflow tools is to give firm owners, managers, partners, et cetera, et cetera, visibility into where projects are and the ability to manage work wherever, whenever. But if you're not actually going to take the time to get in and understand how the tool works, then shame on you in many respects, because you can't just be like, well, that's not my job. I just walk down the hall and, and ask someone to explain it to me. I'm like, no, that's not no. that's not how it works today. No, and not and then get on their case because they yeah, missed yeah, an yeah, hour exactly. billable. And it, when she called me, it sounded like she was worried about at billable time. So I looked at it and I go, um, so uh, you guys are like maxing out all the time being used. If you yeah. have a complaint on that, tell me. And she goes, no, we're not complaining about that. He just wants the details. I said, we give it to him every week. She goes, Oh, yeah, but he doesn't look at it. He comes to me to have me explain it to him. I'm going, all right. What's this? What's the symptom? What's the cause? Um, <laughs> you okay, the cause is, I'm oh, sorry, <laughs> Mr. CPAU. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I, I think like as we sort of think about this idea of symptoms and causes, we are in in coming into if we, I mean, I was gonna say tax season is ramping up. Look, with 1099s and all that type of stuff, tax season is and the tax planning that happens prior to the end of year, we're in the thick of it. How do we help or what are some ideas for firm leaders, managers to to be able to take that step back to to help identify those the, the root cause of problems rather than just dealing with the symptoms. What do you think on that? Obviously we talked about the daily stand up and the role of that. What are some other things you're seeing in firms around around the country? Well, I I think the the good ones, they have somebody who is not in the thick of it. Yeah. Who is kind of like going around and going, "Okay, with where are the blocks here, where are the blocks here, and they're taking note of it. Having that person, those people, that's very successful. And we have quite a few firms that have that, and they are more successful, at least from our standpoint, because they utilize us more, and, and we're that's consistently not, busy with them. That's not necessarily the firm administrator, because I think firm administrator, and, and, may, and maybe it's a blended role, but the firm administrator is more often the paying the bills and all that type of stuff of the office and and running the office and and that type of stuff. It's 
and unless that that firm administrator is trained on how to understand the understand the workflow and use the workflow they 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 can't be lumped with that job can they that they've got to make sure they know how those workflow tools and everything work if that if they if you do want them to become that true operations type member of the team don't they yeah i mean i think that you you have to you've got the tools if you've got people trained on the tools certainly make the drudgery work the the day-to-day data entry type stuff go away so there has to be another aspect of a personality that can say okay i've got this time what can i do during the time that i'm not doing that data entry to and i find it very helpful that if everybody writes their process down, it's I'll write down what I do, you write down what you do, and then let's just hand this stuff back and forth. And I'm going to follow your instructions for you and you follow your instructions that I give myself. And let's see if we can both figure it out. Or let's see where we disagree. Or let's see where each of us might have a better ass point. And then get together and say, let's make one process for this because ultimately the job we're doing is the same. And the outcome we want is the same, but we're approaching it differently. And what can we do to make it one system across the board? Because we want to put a third one of me in here because we want to bring on more clients. And I don't want a third process, right? But I can't give them the process I have because I don't have an agreement between two people who have two different ways of approaching something. Just like Mm -hmm. a bookkeeper where you got a bookkeeper or even a tax preparer, like I... We were talking to a new client last night and I said, so using Excel spreadsheets and he goes, well, yeah, we have, we're dealing with five account managers and each of them has their own Excel spreadsheets on how they track their work, how they prioritize it. And they're going, so it's like you have five different companies. Under the one roof, five different companies. And he goes, I never thought about it that way. I go, is there any reason why we can't use one and we can all come to agreement? And he goes, well, I'd have to talk to them. So he's going to have to deal with egos. <laughs> I go, oh. I'll have to talk to them. I, mean, <laughs> I said, you know what? We're going to get through this over the next four months. It's going to be touch and go. It's going to be problematic. We're going to have to spend more time watching it. And that's Going to be added to you guys, just so you know. It may not be bookkeeping and accounting and tax work, but it is our time. And I said, and and come the end of April and the beginning of May, you and I can sit down and maybe look at how we can get this into one system across everybody in your firm. He goes, wouldn't that be lovely? Yeah, and and shame on you for not getting it solved in the quiet in the downtime, sort of in in the summer or yeah. Why did you wait till now? Yeah. Because that, and what I think if sort of listeners are thinking, you know what, that sounds a lot like my firm, you better, I would recommend that you flag it with your team now and recognize that it's a problem and that post tax season, we're going to solve it or we're going to work to try and solve it. Because I can almost guarantee you there will be a, a gross level of dissatisfaction within the team. There will be frustration in the team. If across three or four different partners, there's three or four different expectations about how work gets done, that will put in, in immense stress on the team and turnover quitting is a real issue that you might have to face. If you're listening and you're like, shit, that is us, identify it now. Talk to the team to say, we know it's a problem. We're going to try and fix it. And But at least if you acknowledge the cause of the problem, 
maybe that that might give the team some sort of a better understanding of like, okay, so they know it's a problem. We're going to try and work to fix it. I, I can knuckle down and work through tax season because I, I think that's a big issue when different processes in a business for the same outcome, it just sets the team up to fail. And I'm gonna, if I'm going to do this again next year, fuck it, I'm not doing it. I'm just not going to do it. And then they leave. This young lady that had called me about her boss spending an hour, like she was thinking of dropping out of accounting. And when I had seen her a couple of months ago, and she goes, I thought I was going to become a CPA, but I don't want to become this person that I see that I'm working for. She's um, only 27. She's and I said, don't let what you see in front of you keep you from being the change that you can do. Yeah. And there are amazing firms out there that are that are doing amazing things for their team, for their clients, et cetera. So I, I'd agree with that. I think my final comment on this idea of symptoms and causes, one of the things that I notice is when I go into a lot of firms, and I know you do this a lot as well, Penny, where you just sort of sit in the whip meeting as that observer. What I find really interesting is the administrators aren't in the whip meetings. Yep. And, and going back to that idea of, of, of what's the skill set of our administrator and how do we leverage that skill set to help us move work through, to help unblock bottlenecks or, or whatever it is. I don't think firms are, are embracing the skill set of their employee base as a whole. And so I, I would sort of say, again, how do we help firm owners and managers step back and treat some of the causes, bring other people into those meetings, bring the administrators administrators into the meetings, broaden the broaden the meeting so that so that you hopefully can tap into other people's experiences where they can say, actually, you know what, at another firm, we did this, or alternatively, did you know that the software that we have does X? And I, I can run a training session on Thursday to bring the team up to speed on how to better manage tasks. Uh, oh, yeah. Keeping up with changes in software, you definitely yeah. need something full time. But also the other thing too, is the administration's people are often the ones who are talking to the clients. Yep. Yeah. And they might have a different aspect. Have an insight or two. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So it's not a bad thing. In fact, I had asked them to put our administ office administrator in these meetings. And I noticed that she doesn't go to all of them. And I think that she could help them a little bit more and in un understanding their needs better if she was in the meeting. So that's the other thing I'm going to bring up. Wow, but actually, you know, even sort of you go back to that whip meeting and one of the really important people in the meeting that I joined there was the person, the, the training person. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. And same type of thing. You go into a lot of whip meetings and the administration team's not there. The training or the technology or training team's not there. And so, you, you again, you, you're probably going to be diving in to treat symptoms, whereas the administration team, the technology or training team, the the accounting team that's probably going to enable you to step back and have a look at the causes of the problem rather than just trying to try, put a Band-Aid on and a short-term fix to get that work out the door and through to back to the client. Yeah, I think there's a lot of and I made a mis I also made a mistake that I want to correct with them too. And that is that because we want to be paperless and show that we don't use pen and paper, one of the things is I've told them to stop taking paper notes and to type them in to the uh, confluence. And I've been doing a lot of reading on that after I established that. And I found that regardless of how modern we are and how hooked we are into these little cell phones and stuff, that when you put pen to paper, it kind of, I had a teacher once in high school said, if you read something and you say something and you write something, 
It's in your head. You yeah. got it. Yeah. Now, I think I'm going to ask them to stop bringing notepads back into the conference room. I mean, they can't take them out and use them on the floor, obviously, but they can use them in the training room yeah. and they can use them in their stand-up meetings. And you know so, what? That that's sort of my it's just chicken scratch. But I think you're right. If if I'm and I've tried to do this as well, I tried to go paperless, but if I'm trying to type it in as I'm going, I'm more I'm the red little squiggly line comes up and I've got to go back and fix it. Backspace, backspace, right click to spell check. Yeah. Oh my god, Grammarly. you get so hooked into the computer telling you spelled that wrong. You yeah, know, yeah. something. Oh, you, the oh, oh, you didn't put a comma what, in there yes. or anything. And the what really prompted it for me, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna give a shout out to the guys at accounting salon. They did a I was getting on the plane to fly home from Tucson and they did the, a session showing the difference between Zapier and Make, which is you know what Zapier and Make do. They, I know well, I know what Zapier is. I see. Well Make does the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and one of them liked the way Zapier worked, and the other one liked the way Make worked. And when you see them on the screen, I immediately went, Oh, I know why I would like Make better. Because it goes west to east. It, it, it goes the way my eyes track when I'm reading, whereas Zapier is very linear. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, and, and that it reminded me, too, that as a teacher, I had to teach kids who have different learning modalities who, because I was in special ed, and it was like, you had, how does this pers- particular person take information in? And what's yeah. the best way for them to do it? And I yeah. took away a tool that they had relied on through most of their lives and bat on me. And now I got to bring it back in and say, I made a mistake, ladies. Yeah. So we all make mistakes. And it's again, it's about recognizing that and putting your hand up in a trusting environment to say, I made a mistake and let's get back to the pen and paper. (laughs) It helps them. It helped them. Yeah. So anyways, that's it. I'm going to go back to the rain in San Diego. Back to the rain. And then head over to Wyoming and maybe get some snow. (laughs) <laughs> and, and away you go. Well, Penny, today's conversation has been fascinating. It is, again, the things that happen to us in, in, in a day-to-day life, raising kids and families and all that type of stuff. It's the same stuff that happens in businesses. And what can we learn from each and how do we apply lessons? But I think also, how do either you take a step back from the daily grind to to work out how to work smarter or, or fix some of the causes of problems or alternatively invite someone in to have a look, to, to be a fly on the wall. And I know, Penny, you do a lot of that. I do a lot of that from a consulting perspective. So if you are listening and, and you'd like some advice or some thoughts or fly to come in and, and sit, maybe that's the wrong analogy, for someone to come in and, and, and join those WIP meetings and sort of just identify a couple of ideas, please do get in touch. So Penny, they can find you at moneypennyllc.com. Yep. All LinkedIn. On or exactly, and myself or Penny on on LinkedIn. Please don't hesitate to reach out, connect with us, send us a message. We'd love to to talk, listeners. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please share it with with your network. Please like it. Please give it a rating. And if you've got any things that you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, get in touch. Yeah, Penny, it's a pleasure. We'll talk to you next week. Bye bye.